Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, hour number two. Outkick 360 from 6th and Peabody in downtown Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeehaw beer, old smoky moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. You can download the podcast wherever you find your podcast. We appreciate all the tweets uh, that have uh, been really cool to see the, the rankings of where people listened over the course of the last calendar year, I guess, this is uh, Spotify that's doing this. They'll yep. tell you oh, what yeah. you listen to. And it's really cool that many of you have sent in your the top podcast being Outkick 360 that is with awesome. a screenshot. That's been, that's been really cool for us to see. We appreciate yeah, you. Keep those coming. We love seeing those and uh, try to interact with everyone who sends those in. So Absolutely. thank you. And it's also a good reminder that everything we do is available via podcast. Apple, Spotify, whatever your app service or your podcast service is. We're going to be there. We'll be there for you. Paul, what are you doing on the bye week for the Titans? Uh, Not much know, going on over there. We it's had, empty. yeah, oh, I'm not doing anything. Including I, coaches, by I, the way. I, they're, they're, yeah. they're also taking a break. I asked Vrabel that, or somebody asked Vrabel that on Monday, uh, and he said, oh, I'm out of here on Wednesday. Good for them. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, though some players, injured players, and we know how long that list is, if you need treatment, you are still around. So, you may not have obligations to go out there for walkthroughs, et cetera, et cetera, but you're still going over there to see the trainers. And the trainers aren't off. <laughs> so the coaches are escaping, but uh, the, the guys who are doing the stretching and the rehab for people are not off. Um, we came up with a plan. Christmas lights, if you get Christmas lights put on your house, they uh, have a scale based on your neighborhood, right? <clears throat> I live in a, a nice neighborhood. So you're saying like the, the scale meaning – uh, same setup, but based on where you live, like price your zip code, changes. the yeah. price is going to change even though, you're, even though they're hanging the same amount of lights right. that they would down uh, a county over. Yeah, they'll drive through your neighborhoods. Oh, these suckers will pay yeah. X. Right. So one of my neighbors you get the like, rich tax. <laughs> yeah, and so I'd had a deal uh, that was pretty good. A friend of the show who, who used to do it broadly but did it more narrowly was still – doing it for me and would have done my, a, my favorite Ricky a setup yeah would have, <laughs> would shout have, out Ricky would have West done End. a setup for me this year but friend across the street was talking to another friend in the neighborhood who said you know in our old neighborhood we had a guy who would rent a lift and a whole bunch of us would get together and do it and this was enough for Bob to say aha and so he sent a text around to a bunch of us and I said sounds like a good way to keep the man down and so five of us got together, split the costs of this lift, and you know, he really took on the thing because he was the guy that could control this piece of machinery. But the rest of us, you know, I already had the lights with the clips and everything, and so we put up our own lights. So he said, everybody come over to our house tonight. I've got steaks. Emmanuel's got salmon. You bring whatever, and we'll celebrate keeping the man down. So that's I, this is, I, I applaud you for Friday this. This night. is the most resourceful I think you've ever been uh, with anything oh. outside, I wasn't of, it, outside of behind. Outside of I put my my I, uh, behind it. I don't know if you guys agree. Um, it's a scam. I 
I love seeing Christmas lights, like driving around. I love it. You don't there is it. no way I would do this on my home because I would like even thinking about the idea of having to take down the lights looms over you the whole yeah. time the lights are up. Yeah, as you're putting them up, like you have to take them down, and you feel great putting them up because you're in the Christmas spirit. You know, you know, if you've got you're kids, sipping eggnog, yeah. you're doing the whole thing. Yeah, and then just knowing that you know a month from now you're going to procrastinate putting putting it off that you have to get back up there and take down the lights off your home. That would be, just the thought of it is pure misery to me. Well, we well, talked yesterday about seasonal depression because it gets dark earlier in the day and how that's a real thing. I think the depression in early January when you don't have Christmas or much to look forward to and you're yeah. taking down your Christmas lights, that depression that sets in is also a very real thing. Well, this has turned into a neighborhood party on the front end. And if it turns into a neighborhood party on the back then end, you can look forward to that. Then it then it will be worth it. Also, I had two floodlights out, and this will give me the opportunity to replace those two floodlights without nice. having to do something. So a little bonus. I did see. Did you see? Have you seen the Shark Tank uh, episode? Uh, you flip them. Claire out. and I love. Yeah, Claire and I love Shark Tank. Where they Simon you flip, you hit a button or something. You, they're they they're flip under up. your. Yeah, they're under, uh, under your gutter and under then you your just gutter flip or them out under your under. under your porch awning or whatever. And they, they just rest at the top, and they're, they're out of sight. Always there. And then you just flip them down, and you plug them in. Yeah. It's That's a pretty brilliant. good idea. That's brilliant. I, I would... The cost would be my first question for something no, like I, that. No idea. Because that's, that's a construction project on your home, you know, if you're going to have something that attaches to the roof that way. Um, it's pretty simple. I, I'm, I'm kind of like you, and I love looking at Christmas lights, and I always thought, of, I don't really care if I have them, if others yeah. have them, and I can enjoy them. But I will say, when you can look out your front door, your front window, just walking downstairs, and, see and I see like my my front porch lights on, or I, when I pull up to my house at night and I can see the side of my fence with the lights on, it, it does give you a, a little special feeling. Everything's illuminated outside. I didn't have it's them not for bad the even when you're time, in the house. And I've had them now for probably four years, and I really enjoy it. But I mean, some of these price quotes are like. But you give can't us an example. Let's 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 talk this out. Like what? Yeah. What what are tell what everyone are people, how expensive your home? What is are now, people Paul, making please. per home? We don't have to discuss thousands of dollars for 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 doing the front set up of your and, house and tear and down, down and and they so is it you buy the lights me, they set up the clips is and it stuff, based then on you like the length the of the strand of lights or no that, then they come and and. Use your lights annually, put them up and take them down. Okay. So you'll pay for the lights the first time. They'll buy them so for it's, you. So it doesn't matter how large your home is. Like you could. It might, but. Like, but like a 1700 square. Like I, don't, I don't know what they, how they price it based on like the, the, the scale of, of the roof. House or whatever. If it's steep, are they charging more? Like I, I don't know. I don't know that either, but I wasn't getting quotes. These guys were getting quotes. And somebody got an $8,000 quote. <laughs> I mean, that's outrageous. But they probably find suckers who are rich. Of course they do. Who will say, you know, take care of it. That's a lot of money. That's outrageous. Much, I mean, I would understand how, if how you lived in like, no, a, I'm paying, this I'm paying huge, about huge $500 for my share of the lift. What did they, what, but how long did it take you to put them up? Uh, less than three hours. Why? Eight grand for three hours. That is still. Wow. I mean, that is still a lot of money. Now they probably would have done to put up your own. They would have done bushes and other stuff. You know, beyond this is just the front of the house. Yeah, but they have a whole crew. Right. Yeah, they probably would have taken them an hour and a half. Yeah. Read your thoughts. 
Uh, so, first of all, Paul's saying this is his idea of sticking it to the man. A bunch of rich people in Brentwood getting together and pooling their money. Well, we're to keeping say, it from an $8,000 oh guy. I kept a Christmas he, gift from Ricky's here, tree this year. Here's why, here's why they were going to charge you $8,000. <laughs> they didn't want to do it. They don't want to put oh. up with the people in that neighborhood. That's why they were charging you $8,000. I, I didn't get an $8,000 quote, but I bet but you there are people in, the in my neighborhood who have paid that. Yeah, they've done it in the past, and they know what? I don't want to deal with this pretentious person in Brentwood anymore. I'm going to tell him $8,000. I mean, and if you want willing to hey pay man. that, I'll go do so, it. Paul, how many people are splitting the lift? You said $500 per share. So how uh, much is the lift? There are one, two, three, four, four or five of us. I'm not sure if the fifth person was in or not. I mean, is that, does that not sound expensive too? Two grand or $2,500 for a lift for a half a day? For a half no, a no, day? No, no, we didn't have it for half for a, day. a day. We had it for a couple of days. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, that's about right. Man. That, a, that a, couple seems of days, like a, a couple of days on the front end, a couple of days on the back Because yeah. $500 is, is, that sounds like too much for me to also have to get on the lift and put it up there. I'd spend 500 to have someone go do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'd have a lot of trouble finding that. Yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, based on this $8,000 quote, I'd have a hard time doing it. What is the price that would make you do it yourself? Like get on a ladder and go up or on the roof and do well, it. I don't think I or could. Uh, not yeah, I couldn't get a ladder to the, to the peak of my house where it's Yeah, that's gone. the issue. Is you, the, a lot myself. of these homes, you can't reach no matter what ladder you have. You can't get up there. You'd have to get on the roof. I couldn't and get do to it. the there's secondary not a, peak There's not of a crawl house. space or something. That you've got to be able to get on your roof somehow. There's got to be an attic or something where there's a crawl space. I'd need to harness and do all this stuff that I don't know how to do. I mean, somebody. I mean, do you live in a high rise? No, but you've seen the top of no. my. I've got a pretty steep peak. But you only, yeah, need, some the top steep. Of the you only need to get to the eaves of you the house. You've got to get to the start of it. Then you walk up to the top. No, are you putting them on your roof, like physically on the roof They're of your on house? On the peak. I'm of actually my on, roof. I'm on Paul's Clipped. side on this. I wouldn't get on my roof. Clipped. I don't have a steep roof at all. I've been yeah, on my no, roof that's before. exactly it's why not... the, the price is so much because they're having to rope and harness on a two story steep house. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was asking. Is it based on? Yeah, I thought you were just putting on the eaves and the gutters and stuff. That's no, why. This is like Clark Griswold. Yeah. I'll show you a picture. You're of it. on. It's on the roof. Okay, but still, someone's got to be able to get on your roof yeah, without. It, but there's also. But it, we didn't no. get on the roof. We did it out you know of the how, basket. You know how you fly out in of the cherry like, picker. For those that are familiar, you fly into to BNA. And I always look down. I always want the window seat because I want to know like, what like area look. I'm looking at. Uh, the, Sign that you're turning into your parents. Oh, is that it? Well, according to that commercial. Though. Oh, well, I mean, um, I, I'm thinking to myself, oh, where's Paul's neighborhood? It's the one that's blinding me as you're driving in at night. The <laughs> no, one you can is, see through fog. Ours is nothing compared to some of the neighborhoods. Oh, around. I'm sure. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, the entrance to the neighborhood across the street from us is beyond anything <laughs> that I've ever just seen. Just the entrance. Any, yeah, just the entrance. And it was up <clears throat> a month ago. Ours just went up, and it's, I mean, very basic and simple. It's pretty. They, they, I did see a story. Um, local news was doing a, a report on a, that people that were just driving around looking for Christmas lights, and there are less and less of those. Like, there are less and less neighborhoods that you just drive through. Looky-loose. Yeah, for the so, Christmas season. this is a perfect time because I have a strong recommendation on Apple Plus. Are you going to turn this into a TV there show? There is a documentary. Oh, no, yeah, now this is perfect. This is perfect. Twas the Fight Before Christmas. And it is the true story of this guy in northern Idaho who fought his entire neighborhood, HOA, on doing this huge Christmas display. And it was not just a, a lot of Christmas lights, Clark Griswold style. This is like a theme park that he made out of it. He had camels. They, they were backing <laughs> up the traffic. He was charging people to come in. Uh, he moved out into the county to think that he could do this. The HOA fought him on it. 
it got really ugly. And uh, the, the, the show starts by him saying that I am the only <clears throat> person in American history that has a federal court order to not hang Christmas lights. Wow. And then it shows you how it got to that point. I'm sending Jacob. It's really, really good. I'm sending Jacob a picture of our house. I feel all right about showing it. It's coming. <laughs> okay. It's coming okay. to Michael's MacBook. All right. So we'll, we'll, later You're in the show. You're just doing we'll, this just to brag to Jacob? <laughs> no. I just. Why are we not? <laughs> well, I thought, not to everyone else. I want to send it specifically to Jacob. He wants to, offer, he he wants to see if screen. Jacob will do it next year. This, he can this, put this, it on the screen. Does this oh, photo include the actual photo of the moat and the uh, gate or not? Just Drawbridge or no drawbridge in this photo? No drawbridge. Did your butler take this and then send it over so you could have it? He paid a guy $500 to take this photo. I think my wife took this photo. Also, I should say. Oh, your say, old pair took it. In the cost. Yeah, for old pair for one child. For, um, uh, I, uh, in this cost is happiness for my wife. We sure. should factor that in. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm pro Christmas lights on homes, just not on mine. I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing. Here's I, a shot. It looks beautiful. Oh, see. Uh, now we'll probably do bushes in front of Okay. It. Now, first glance now, here. The, the, the floodlight in the top corner should be. So off. for those, I'm going to describe this for radio. This is not Clark Griswold. This is accent lighting around the edges of the roof. But the roof, the roof is very steep, Paul. I will. The top, uh, top, the top of it would be difficult. But you're I, not I, you climbing. Could, you're you not scaling get, that. You could easily get to the bottom rung. The very top would be a tough climb. This is an outline of the top, roof. It's, it's not. Uh, you know, it, it's not Clark Griswold. It's not around the windows. There's no wreaths. There, there are wreaths, but not. It's not over the top. And it's this very, is the style of the na- most nice. of the neighborhood very, does. Yeah, it's very... Elegant. Um, yes. Tastefully done. Tastefully done. Um, but I'd love I, to get I Reed's say, opinion on, on this level I will of lighting say, and if he could actually... Reed's calculating right now how much he's charging me next year. Reed is the this. construction expert on the show. Reed, what do you think? Yeah, no, 1200 bucks. Yeah, th- this is not $8,000 for that right there. I'm trying to compare like what the price scale I'm would sure be. I'm sure the $8,000 would be like they would do the two trees in the front that you can't really see in this picture and a whole, you know, the bushes and a whole deal. Yeah. But that stuff's easy compared to this. Yeah, there's nothing on the on the shrubs. We intend to do that this weekend. Okay. Uh, but that would be done, you're saying. So, okay. Eight, eight grand is steep, but yeah. so is that roof. Yes, it is. The shrub lighting really adds a lot. Yeah, if you get that, that tree in it the front nice. also and get that on there, that's really good. I don't understand doing the trees. I think the trees are the most beautiful thing that have like strands up the branches, yes. which you have to tie like with a, with a twisty. Or you can put but, the net over it. It's like a yeah, net that goes on top I, I've, of it. I've never seen the net to do it. But doing a tree like that to me would be painstakingly horrible. Like you're talking about the work that goes yes. into it. This wasn't that bad. Doing a tree like that to me would be like hell. Because I think you could spend three hours on a tree like that. Now, it's beautiful, but I would go crazy doing a tree. You know, the, the thing I don't like while we're just on Christmas lights, I don't like, or, or for any season, in, including uh, Halloween, I, I don't care. It, Hall- Claire's going to be like, why are you saying this? Because we live in a neighborhood that features this. Don't care. Um, <laughs> I don't like the inflatables in the yards. Like, the you know, any, any of that junk looks like yeah, junk, cheesy it junks to it me. I don't, I don't need, I don't need, you know, uh, the, the inflatable snowman or the reindeer out in the yard. There are a couple that are tastefully Forget, done. Forgive are, me for not, are, for no, being I agree a, with you. dampening. I, I the, agree with you. There are some that are better than others. If you keep them close to your house and you have super little kids, I can understand it. But like Ronnie, the limo driver, 
<laughs> we've, yeah. we've heard Howard Stern talk about his. He's got like a Christmas dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> and all right. that stuff filling up every inch of his yard. Yeah, that, I, 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 I'm with you, Hutton. I do not like it. Well, I if will you're going to do it, my Chad. small children love. <laughs> oh well, God, they well, want to okay. go. Well, my two-year-old demands this. to go out front to see the house three doors down to see the Santa inflatable every when night when they're inflated. But during the day, when you Take drive by, it's just like a, it's just like a, looks like a balloon all over their yard. You know, they don't have it on. They plugged it yeah, in. It's like parachutes have landed. Yes. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like a, a holiday crime scene. <laughs> Santa's been shot. C- CSI North Pole with everyone anyway, down. I, I, I'm not being Scrooge on that. Well, I'm just comparing what I, my personal taste on what I like, that's what I don't fine. like. Nobody's going to call you out for not liking that. And if they do, screw them. Well, Scrooge them. I mean, who knows? But, uh, but at Paul's former home, there were deer out in one of the neighbor's yards <laughs> year that. round and in and, and, and a two lane road curvy road in, in a dark, wooded area in, in a wooded dark. area yeah. so as you come around you the corner slam on the brakes you've got these deer grazing like eating oats in the middle of a field They're i'm like deer. what is you got to be careful because when you see one there's more coming and oh, i don't yeah. want to want to jump out in front of my car and then i realize oh they're fake like who would do that yeah that's who to would trick you fake into deer down. that's just in cool. the middle of june you know, out, out. that's cruel. <laughs> See, that's that's how you know Paul lived within the city limits because those would have those would have been shot. Where I grew up <laughs> they weren't mine. Well, not necessarily. They could have been. Well, they could have been shot by an arrow. They could have been arrow practice. You're right. The, I live uh, in it. No, I, I mean, a, someone coming around the curb would have just, oh, just shot them, thinking them. that it was a real deal. I mean, I live in a subdivision and I hear gunshots where people are killing deer. <laughs> I never, by the way. Brandon, I'm like, oh, there goes another one. You just hear a couple pop, pop. <laughs> oh, got him. I'm never going to get used to living where there are deer around or. Or going where there are deer around. It took Simon to, uh, I'd take Simon about a half an hour away to hitting lessons. And not last night, but the week before, came upon a deer on the last bit of road. And this deer saw us, stopped, and like standing jump over the fence next to him, cleared it by three feet, no problem. And we just both looked at each other like, the athleticism of this thing is unbelievable. I could watch like, that stuff all day. It's like day. Justin Hunter at practice. Yes, it's like Justin Hunter when he's out with an ankle in the locker room collecting money to see if he can hit the <laughs> ceiling top. Coming up, Armando Salguero previews NFL Week 13. We're going to hit the news and notes. We'll preview Thursday Night Football as well. Cowboys and Saints. That's next on Outkick 360. Already week 13 across the NFL. Week 13 kicks off tonight. Cowboys and Saints. Outkick 360 rolls on, and we say hello to Armando Salguero of Outkick.com, our NFL columnist and writer. Armando, hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, guys, um, but honestly, I'm not sure whether to be uh, appreciative of you guys or disappointed in you guys. Go ahead. Um, I'll tell you why. So last week you you asked me about Carson Wentz at some point. <laughs> went off on some crazy nutty uh, tangent about Carson Wentz playing against the Eagles last week, uh, and talked about you know how the Eagles were going to see the good Carson Wentz and this and that. Yeah, Carson Wentz was playing Tampa Bay last week. And you guys <laughs> go on 
and make an ass of myself. It's what we do. Uh, instead of, you know, kind of telling everybody what an ass I am and correcting me. So I'm not sure where I land on the, you should have corrected me or you let me make an ass of myself. Well, question. To we be appreciate fair, the accountability. To be fair, we haven't talked about it at all and we weren't even going to bring it up and hold it against you, Armando. So like, we, we appreciate we, the accountability. Yeah, that's that's amazing that you wanted to lead off and with I, that. I'll be completely honest. I probably just spaced out for a second and didn't hear what you said. <laughs> and that's why I didn't correct you. And if I, if I didn't space out in that moment, Armando, I would have been the first to correct you on that game. So... Uh, my apologies for that. Yeah, we all missed it somehow. Well, I appreciate the spaced out, uh, you know, way of doing things. I'm married. Good. <laughs> hey, give us, uh, speaking of, let's, let's just lead off with the Colts. Um, and, and Frank Reich avoiding giving the football to Jonathan Taylor for 26 consecutive plays between the end of the first quarter and somewhere in the second half. I think it was going into the fourth. Um, just a bizarre sequence there. Carson Wentz opened up and, and took care of business in the second quarter against Tampa, and then things got off the tracks quickly. Right, and that was a, you know, a classic example of a team losing doing something that it doesn't do well or it doesn't do best. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts right now have the best running back in the NFL in Jonathan Taylor. I think everybody understands that. They have a very good offensive line, a very good running uh, game offensive line. And yet against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they decided we're going away from the thing that we do best to do the second best thing that we do, which is ask Carson Wentz to throw the ball against Tampa Bay. And look, I get it. Tampa Bay secondary has been sketchy. They've been makeshift most of the year, and their run defense is the best in the NFL. But if you're the Indianapolis Colts, you went down losing without your first pitch. Mm. It's like, you know, it's like a fastball pitcher throwing change-ups to the home run hitter. And seeing the ball fly out of the park. He should have thrown a fastball because that was his best pitch. So that's what happened with the Colts last week. I think that Frank Reich, if he had that to do over again, he defended it, by the way, after the game. He said, well, Carson was really balling. It was going great, except for the fact that if you ask Carson Wentz, and in fact, you ask a lot of quarterbacks, hey, throw 26 times in a row, and throw 44 times in a game, they're going to make mistakes, and Carson Wentz did eventually. Are the Colts a playoff team? I think the Colts are a very good team. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs or not. They should. Uh, I know that there probably is going to be a playoff team or two in the NFC. Yes. Uh, not as good as the Colts, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, let, let's get to Monday night. Let's fast forward to... Bills and and Patriots, uh, which, uh, by the way, I saw the forecast, um, and you would know well traveling to Buffalo as much as you've done throughout your career covering the Dolphins. Uh, 80% chance of snow Monday night, and it'll be in the 20s. Two of the best defenses in the league and in practically every category. So which quarterback do you trust more? The rookie and Mac Jones, who's been really good at protecting the football, 
And all he has to do is turn around and hand off in, in short throws. Or Josh Allen, who has not been as efficient as what we have expected him to be this year compared to last year. Yeah, I think the question is, which running game do I trust more? Because obviously in those kind of elements, in that kind of weather, uh, we are full throttle December football in Buffalo next Monday night. It's about running the football. It's about stopping the run. And so far this year, the New England Patriots have proven that they can run the football. That is the... That is the anchor of their offense. That's where it all begins. And then comes Mac Jones, whereas the Buffalo Bills, they're Josh Allen first, and then whatever comes after, which is typically uh, a mediocre running game. So if, if you're comparing these two offensive approaches, definitely the New England Patriots seem better suited to having success in inclement weather than what even the Buffalo Bills who play in Orchard Park are. Let's go big picture here with these two teams in the AFC East, Armando. And if your opinion isn't changing as we get new information, then you're not really thinking about the season. I I can speak for myself. I think we all had Buffalo as the best team in the AFC East coming into the season. Things have changed in that division with Buffalo being shaky at times and now New England on this hot streak. Big picture... Who would you take in that division? Not necessarily to win it, but looking at both teams right now, who is more likely to go on a deep playoff run? The Buffalo Bills or the New England Patriots? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a great topic. If you're going with Buffalo, what you're really saying is, I just think Josh Allen is an elite quarterback and I'm going to ride Josh Allen. However, football is a team sport. The Patriots seem to be the more complete team. Definitely so if you now consider that the Bills will be without their best cornerback in Tredavious White, who's out for the season with a knee injury. uh, That's going to hurt their, you know, their, their secondary, of course, but their defense overall. The Patriots are solid and more than solid on defense. They're getting after the opposing quarterback. They're good against the run. They've got ball hawks in the secondary, including J.C. Jackson, who's second in the NFL in interceptions right now. And he seems to be around the ball all the time, if not with interceptions, with caused fumbles or recovered fumbles. And their quarterback situation is a complementary piece as opposed to the Bills. So if you're asking me who's the better team, who do I like more, who's more complete right now? Yeah, the Patriots. Plus, they've got that guy. What's his name? The guy with the hoodie. Oh, I, Billy B. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and he gets his teams, by the way, to normally play better as the season progresses. So to expect the Patriots to play their best ball late in the season, a.k.a. now, is, you know, a – uh, an expectation that you probably will be rewarded with. Uh, the Bills, they've got Josh Allen, <laughs> and that's where they're at. Armando Salguero, our guest. Outkick.com is where you can find his work and uh, the latest column, the quarterback talk with the uh, discussion on Kyler Murray, Matt Ryan, Tua Tagovailoa, Lamar Jackson, and more. 
It's all available right now at OutKick. Dallas and New Orleans tonight. We're going to have to endure a lot of Taysom talk tonight. Taysom Hill. Ooh, this guy, he plays quarterback, but he's not really a quarterback. But tonight, he's a starting quarterback. <laughs> and his new contract, Armando, he could make $40 million, but he could make $90 million. I don't, I don't get this guy at, at all. Uh, what's, what's the big deal? The big deal is Sean Payton. And if Sean Payton wasn't the coach of the New Orleans Saints, Taysom Hill would probably be a jag. Teamer, uh, somewhere and or, uh, you know, uh, a number two or number three somewhere, kind of a journeyman type. But because Sean Payton is indeed a quarterback whisperer, he's decided that he's seen something in Taysom Hill that he has been able to work with and fashion and mold into a guy that he can turn to when the last guy that he could fashion and mold, Trevor Simeon, was a total flop as a, you know, as a backup. So that's the whole deal with Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints, and that's the love affair there. It's all about Sean Payton being able to turn uh, chicken salad in or chicken, you know, yes. you know what I'm saying. Um, the more important thing tonight is who's going to be protecting Taysom Hill because uh, Teron Armstead, their left tackle, is out. Ryan Ramchek, their right tackle, is out. Jordan Mills is going to play at one of those tackle positions. And he's terrible. Um, it's it's good. And oh, by the way, the Dallas Cowboys get the Marcus Lawrence back, and he's going to be you know kind of angry at the fact that he hasn't played since the season opener. And Micah Parsons was the NFC Rookie of the Month, playing on the edge for the Cowboys last year or last month. So. They're going to get after Taysom Hill. He better be. He better have a lot of pads on. Armando, are you, are you surprised? Maybe surprised, not the wrong, uh, the right word. Um, uh, the the COVID coaches that have had to miss games. You know, we, we've seen it uh, in Cincinnati, uh, Arizona. We have seen it in tonight in Dallas. We'll see it for McCarthy, um, Chicago. I don't think it's impacted the teams as much as I thought it would, not having the head coach on the sideline. I don't know if you agree or not, but that, that does surprise me a bit. Right. Um, I, I haven't sat down and, you know, kind of gone through the exercise of X number of coaches out, one loss percentage. But it seems to me that just looking at it from uh, uh, 10,000 feet, most teams have been able to overcome, and most teams have handled the situation. They obviously, you know, so this is the truth. In 1972, the Miami Dolphins were undefeated and untied. The only team ever to go undefeated and untied in NFL history. They had seven coaches. The teams today, they've got 22, 23, 24 coaches. They've got backup coaches. They've got offensive line coaches and assistant offensive line coaches. They've got linebacker coaches and outside linebacker coaches and inside linebacker coaches. They've got secondary coaches and cornerback and safety coaches. So they're better equipped to handle 
you know, guys going out. And oh, by the way, they've got head coaches and they've got assistant head coaches, <laughs> associate head coaches. It's like, You're right. <laughs> you know, ownership, there are, there is no salary cap for coaching. And a lot of teams, they just pack coaches in there to help. Number one, number two, when a great coach or a very good coach moves on, it helps you in that you've got a ready-made replacement that's already on staff. Armando, if you want to see the an illustration of the divide between the very good in the NFC to those that are competing for the bottom of the playoffs right now, it's in Atlanta this weekend where Tampa Bay is in Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Tampa Bay on the road is an 11-point favorite in this game against a team in the Falcons that has a legitimate shot at the playoffs right now at five and six. That shows you the divide between these two teams and the top and the bottom of the playoff picture right now in the NFC. There's no doubt about it. I kind of sort of mentioned it earlier. The NFC, uh, I think they've got like five teams that are five and six that are all, you know, they're all either in, not all of them are in, they're either in or in the hunt. You see, you see those, those categories on the national sports shows in the hunt. And you've got teams with four wins that are in the hunt in week 13. Really? Okay. Um, It's obvious that, you know, the NFL wants to, I guess, do what baseball kind of did, which was, it makes it interesting in more places. There, you're not you're not leaving your team and losing interest in December because they're in the hunt, you know. So I get it, and it's good for the NFL. It's it's good for fans. Um, but when you've got seven teams in the playoffs instead of six, and you, you're your situation is that a team that's a couple of games under 500 still believes that it has a chance to get into the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> it feels hockey-ish. Let's, let's put it that way. It, it feels does. hockey. Yeah. Do you think that Mike Zimmer and Vic Fangio are um, coaching for the, for their jobs here in terms of maybe making playoff bids? Fangio working for a GM that didn't hire him. Zimmer, uh, having lasted a long time with a team that maybe had high expectations but could be coming up short? Yeah, absolutely. It's not that they're on the hot seat, Paul, but I would say they're on a warm seat. And if they don't, you know, get off that seat and coach their butts off the last month of the season and their teams don't respond, there's going to be questions. Obviously, George Patton in Denver – he appreciates the fact that Fangio is a great defensive coach. He also appreciates the fact that they don't have an elite quarterback. Um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is okay. He's solid, he, but he's Bridgewater is a bridge quarterback. And it's up to George Patton to find the forever quarterback because it's not Drew Locke. And maybe that gives Fangio a little bit of a break. I'm not sure what their relationship is. I haven't really asked about that. But if I was Vic Fangio, I would be hoping that I remove the question from George Patton's 
a mind all together with some wins here at the end of the season. Well, how about how about the opportunity it, with a win this week to be tied for first place in their division if they go on the road and win at Arrowhead? Um, I, I realize that's very difficult for Denver to do. They only allow 17 points per game. Their defense is very, very good. And it's not like the Chiefs have been playing great football. They have recently. But are, is Denver capable? I say yes. And, and they're the biggest surprise to me of this group. And that, that, that includes Miami or Washington. I thought Denver was a lot like Major League Baseball's teams at the trade deadline where they were selling and they were out. And they've been playing really well. Right. So, and you mentioned, I mean, <laughs> look, if they can beat Kansas City at Kansas City in, in December, then kumbaya for the Denver Broncos. Yes. It's going to happen. <laughs> I, th- I think the Chiefs are in. We're locking up this division mode. And no, they haven't solved all of their problems, especially on offense. But that defense is playing championship caliber defense in Kansas City. And I don't see Denver scoring a lot of points unless they do it on offense. And I, I mean, excuse me, on defense. Um, I just don't see Denver winning that game. Of course, we'll be back here next week and I'll be eating a hat or something because Denver will have beaten Kansas City. <laughs> and I look like a total foof, but I don't think it's going to happen. I, I at least you've been talking about the either. right game this time, Armando. You yeah. had the right matchup this go around, so you're all good. Yep. You teed me up this That's time. Right. What there can I go. tell you? Andy Reid, I don't know the record, but I know it's very, very good. He is excellent coming off a of bye week, and Kansas City is rested. Uh, well, Denver played uh, well uh, last week as well, but I'm 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 curious just to see what Den- uh, what Kansas City is capable of having the week off uh, against that Denver defense. Again, 17 points per game in this league in this structure is very very good. Excellent. That's second or third best in the league. Uh, Buffalo's ahead of them, and I'm not sure if Patriots if Patriots are ahead of them or not. But AFC right defenses there. are legit. Armando legit as well. Thank you as always, and. Uh, We'll catch up next week. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Armando Salguero has been our guest. Read his great work at outkick.com. Follow him on Twitter. He makes it simple for you. It's just his name, at Armando Salguero. Coming up, more discussion, more headlines. Uh, We'll take your Twitter comments as well. At Outkick360 is where you can find us across the Outkick network. We're laughing during the break at this book that Paul brought in studio. Outkick 360 rolls on. Sixth and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, he has a husband book. I actually bought this book <laughs> with the show in mind. Okay. I bought it this summer. I love that you purchased this. Yeah. I thought it'd be good <laughs> fodder for the show. It's yeah. called Don'ts for Husbands, and it was originally published in 1913. And I wanted to see if it stood up. Well, Jakob Swanson just misheard it. Yeah. We, we wanted to get, we had a segment we wanted to talk about. Paul's husband book. And he thought I was he promoting my husband's Paul's book. Paul's husband's book. Like I was promoting Apostrophe my husband's yes. book. Yeah, no, like my he, wife, he had written a, a new book. My wife has not written a book. But I, I picked out one passage here. I think we could give marital advice. Um, and a lot of this stuff From really, really stands up. But uh, this one, I don't think stands up. Paul, so, it looks like you wrote this book and yeah, we're here for a yeah. reading. I'm here for a reading. <clears throat> the way you put the glasses so on and then open to the page. I thought I'll read you this passage. We can discuss it. And then if we have more time, I don't know if we'll have enough time. Okay. I'll pass it to Hutton and you could just randomly open yeah, that's to cool. a passage. So, so 1913. 1913. 
Don't say that other women find fancy needlework a sufficient relaxation. If your wife doesn't, why should she waste her time on that instead of giving out or doing things that she does find recreative? <laughs> I so love don't the, push the needlework on your wives, gentlemen. She I love that fancy like needlework was the envy of the day. But that's that about, if a guy were to say, she's really good with her fancy needlework, that would make your wife jealous. Yeah, or don't push it on her. Let her find her own recreative things, you know. Now, this book encourages wives to read. Like, it encourages husbands to encourage wives to read. I found that good. But a lot of it is really common sense just about respecting women. Who was the, uh, who was the president in 1913? Was it uh, Woodrow Wilson or William Howard Taft? It's one of the two. I think it was look Woodrow Wilson, but I will I want to envision the man reading this book in the, in the Oval Office. I just put president of the United States. It was Woodrow Wilson and William Howard Taft. in 1913. So it was Woodrow Did you know Wilson. That off the top of your head, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's a there. There was an election year somewhere around there. That's very impressive. Yeah, yeah. 1912 was the election year. So I guess 1913. Well, I only know that because that's that's the Model T. That, that's when the cars were at because they were the those were the presidents when all the cars yeah, were being Wilson released. Wilson took over 1913 to 19. What I know about William Howard Taft is he got stuck in a bathtub. That's, that's what I always remember about large. him. Heavy man. Um, this from Don'ts for Your Husband in 1913. Don't let off steam on your wife or children every time anything goes wrong in the garage or garden or foul house or the dark room. Try to re- <laughs> the dark room. Dark room. Try to realize that, that they have nothing to do with it. And that it's unfair to make them suffer for it. <laughs> Still good advice. What's the Don't foul allow house? yourself to become selfish. What's the foul house? So hold on a second. That's like the chicken oh, coop. Oh my. The, chi- the chicken coop. Yeah, David, David, David objects. That's uh, that's, so that's the question you have of that. How many garages were around in 1913? It says garage. Yeah, no, I believe you say garage. I'm calling I'm calling BS on the entire book. Well, isn't it this gar- was not isn't a first garage published in 1913. In, in this day, uh, uh, tool shed. Uh, a, tinkering, a tinkering place. I don't think a garage was a garage until automobiles came into play. It was a dark room, the photography room. room. Yeah, yeah. Guys, a lot of I guess that was a common room. She did needlepoint, and he. Some have a, a breakfast nook. Some in have 1913, a dark room. most rooms were dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. This was before yeah. the TVA, especially all of the, around all here. of the dark rooms. Jacob and I looked at each other because we had the same thought of this is where the dark stuff happens <laughs> in the dark <laughs> like, what room. What is the what is the dark room exactly? Like, there's some dark things going down. Would you like some more yes, advice? Yes, please. I, I'm enjoying it. Don't sit down to breakfast in your shirt sleeves in hot weather on the ground that only your wife is present. She is a woman like any other woman. The courtesies you give to womankind are her due, and she will appreciate them. Put on a damn shirt. This is another. <laughs> this is making me think of Vanderpool, a listener of ours it, who it, I met. Yeah. In a, it's in also, a there's a lot of, um, like, this kind of goes back to your don't, don't, you know, take out steam on your wife. Don't take out steam. Don't take it out on your poor wife every time you have a headache or a cold. It isn't her fault, and she has enough to do in nursing you without having to put up with ill humor into the bargain. Yeah, keep leave, your ill humor leave out. Leave us of with the one bargain. more, Paul. Yes, one more. One Let's more. Uh, and this is for Jacob Swanson. Swansea? Yeah, this is for Swansea. <clears throat> Don't dwell on the beauty of other women if you know your wife is to be sensitive on the point. There is no sense in rubbing sores 
<laughs> Although some men seem to find a strange pleasure in it. <laughs> See, are we not educated this, now? This More than a, we were five minutes to ago? Me, to me, this I is... this is um, a public service that we're performing I right now. I think we could keep this book here and just... If we have a few minutes... The men anything. in 1913 were just concerned with uh, just having at it with uh, just cussing out their wives, I guess. This basically says, bite your tongue about if, you know... There's the fam- the most famous meme, right? Is the dude walking, looking over his shoulder at the hot woman while his oh, girl yeah. is pissed off. This yep. this foresaw that meme. That was happening on the streets, those dirty streets, those 1930 streets, those pre Great Depression streets. <laughs> those, that was happening. That this has been your reading from Don'ts for those Husbands. Woodrow Wilson governed streets. This is what was going down. You're welcome for that. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine across the Outkick Network.